Thank you for tuning into the Walk in Truth Radio Network broadcast. Grab your Bible, get settled, and let's walk through the Word of God together. Let us now reason together and listen to see what God is saying to us today. Welcome to the Walking True Christian Fellowship Church Bible study. Uh, we are in Galatians chapter 5, verses 1 through 9 today. We appreciate everybody for listening and joining us and taking the time to walk through the Word of God with us. We are line by line, verse by verse uh, teaching ministry. We believe that everything that we do stems from our relationship with God through His Word and through His Son Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit. So thank you again for joining us. Uh, Thank you for all those who support us, Brother Ware, uh, my sisters out there who support us, uh, Sister Kathy, thank you, um, and everybody who supports us. We just thank you for supporting us uh, by your prayers, especially those who support us financially. Thank you also. All right. First thing I want to do before we get started today is talk about, y'all need to write somewhere on a piece of paper or somewhere in your Bible that that's separate, maybe on the front page of your Bible, something Right, P-E-W, pew. Y'all are sitting in the pews, right? right. P-E-W, right? Please write P-E-W. Don't write P, don't write pew down. I mean, write P. Then I'm going to tell you what P mean or E. Then I'm going to tell you what E mean and W, what, what W mean. This is how we approach the word of God. I know I gave you guys the book on before you open the Bible. I guess one day we'll get to it. I'm starting to give y'all more material than I, we can get to. That's why I want to consider having a Bible study, but then having a book study all within the same week if those who want to attend can attend because there's just not enough days in the week for me to teach Bible the way I would like to teach you Bible and expose you to the stuff that I read. So, P-E-W, okay? So when we open up our Bible, we have to come to the Bible with an open mind. We can't come to the Bible with a jaundiced eye or, or even our preconceived notions that what we knew yesterday about the Word of God that that's it and there's no more to know because there's always more to unveil because the Bible is given to us in revelatory manner, meaning you can study all you want, but till God decides to reveal it to you, then you won't get it. You'll get an academic knowledge, but you won't get a heartfelt knowledge, a knowledge that really can that you can apply every day. Our goal in walking truth is not only give you the, 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 the educational part, but translate that and transfer that and move that into having experiences with God through his word and letting your life be examined by the word of God versus the uh, you examining the word of God by your life. That's a two different ways of looking at things. And that's a transform because we normally come to God, come to church. Everybody got their opinion about church. We was just talking to uh, uh, Sister Frida about she took dealing with a friend. And when Frida told her how quickly we move and we're done in an hour, she was amazed. Well, she has a preconceived notion. What is her amazement? Church take all day. But it doesn't have to. You see what I'm saying? So we come and some people may say, because we don't take all day, we not meeting God. But it just, but that's how that's how messed up man is. So in this P-E-W, pew, is when we read the scripture, you need to look for a couple of things. P-E-W. First is promise. In that passage that you read, is there a promise from God to us. 
Is there a promise from God to us? In that passage we read today, I want you to see if you see a promise from God to us. Or it could be from God to the Israelites. So in general, do you see a promise from God to the nation of Israel, God to us, or God to mankind as a whole? Do you see a promise that you can grab over to and say that God promised us this? Okay. Then E, do you see an example to follow? Is God prescribing to us in that passage something that we should emulate, follow, do, because of the circumstance of the narrative that we read in context. It's like this. The Bible says pray without ceasing, right? That's an example for us to follow. Okay. He'll be a light unto, he'll be a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. That's a what? Promise. Okay. Then the W is, is there a warning to take heed to? Now, in a passage, you might have all three or you might have one stick out more than the other. So it's not one or the other. These are the things that we look for when we read the Bible. And this will help you uh, understand the Bible more richly when you approach it in this manner. When you approach it in that manner, when you approach it with the idea of I'm looking for a promise, I'm looking for uh, what's the E for? And I'm looking for what? Warning. Amen. I'm looking for a warning. So. Let's get started. Oh, grace, Heavenly Father, I just thank you today. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the people. Continue to bless us as we open up your word. Open our eyes, ears, and our hearts to receive what the Spirit of the Lord is saying in your word. You said, believe upon you as the scripture has said, and all our belly shall flow. What? Rivers of living water. Amen. So let's get started. Okay. Galatians. Story about a church Paul found that was going astray. That even though Paul had preached the unadulterated gospel to them, they had fallen prey to what we call the Judaizers or what Paul called the Judaizers. They were Jewish believers that would come behind Paul in the gospel of grace and preach another gospel, which Paul tells us in the beginning is not a gospel. Anytime you add anything to the gospel of grace, it's another gospel. The gospel of grace is simply this. In a nutshell, Jesus walked the earth. Jesus died for our sins. And Jesus rose for our justification. And whosoever believes in him shall be saved. Now, there's a lot of nuances in that, but, I, but that's the simplicity of it. Okay. If I say those things and then say, well, you need to be circumcised. You got to be baptized. You got to come to church. You got to be part of this denomination. You got to stand up, jump, shout, all of that, speak in tongues. That's not salvation. Now, are they evil in, 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 in any kind of way? Not necessarily. Only if you're saying that I need something else but the gospel to be saved. And the gospel is Jesus Christ, God himself, and the power of the Holy Spirit sovereignly acting on a sin-sick soul. Sovereignly acting on a sin-sick soul so that the soul can be saved. The flesh is still deteriorating when we get saved, right? We still get old, things happen. But our soul is saved 
And therefore, now we're talking about the sanctification walk, walk, which can include all those other things. See, it's not that walking truth don't speak in tongues. It's just that some of you may be gifted and some of you may not. But in the service, it has to be in an orderly fashion. If you pray in tongues at home, it says tongues edify the person. It doesn't edify the body as a whole. Because we need to know what you're saying to help us. So it's not, see, and, and, I, and, and, and I'm doing this for freedom's sake and others' sake who might think I don't. No, 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 no. I'm not telling you not to. I'm telling you everything is done in decent, orderly fashion. The bodies fit together. If that's a gift of the church, then that's a gift of the church. But does all people have that gift? No. All people don't have the gift of prophecy, and prophecy is different from the prophecy of old. Prophecy is foretelling. You don't have to create nothing. You got the word of God. So you, so they didn't have the word of God like we have the word of God. So they told of Jesus to come. Basically, all prophecy in the Old Testament is a shadow of Jesus to come. Now that Jesus has come, the only prophetic thing we waiting to happen is what? Him to return. The rest of that stuff is hogwash. Now, if I tell you that God will be a lamp to your feet and a light to your path and counseling you. That's a prophetic word because where did it come from? It came from the word of God. See, you can use the word of God to prophesy to people. It needs to line up with the word of God. See, it's so simple. We make it so difficult. So with the Galatians, they the Judaizers would add stuff to it. Okay? So we want to highlight some things. We want to see a promise. We want to see if we see an uh, uh, example. We're going to see if we see a warning. Look at uh, verse 4.16. Galatians 4.16. So have I become your enemy? Oh, I'm sorry, 4.6. Four, four, sorry, 4.6. Because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Keep going. Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son... Then an heir through God. Go ahead. However, at that time, when you did not know God, you were slaves to those which by nature are no gods. Nah. But now that you have come to know God, or rather to be known by God, how is it that you turn back again to the weak and worthless elemental things to which you desire to be enslaved all over again? Now, just in that passage. What do we see? What's the promise? What's the promise? Uh, yeah, what's the promise? We are, we are, we are We're the heir of God. Y'all need to turn your ears on. Faith come by hearing. Hearing come by the word of God. It's right there in front of you. What's the other promise? We are also what? By heirs, we are considered sons and daughters of God, right? Yeah. That's the promise, right? Mm -hmm. Is there an example to follow there? Per se. The spirit. That's the promise. God sent. That's a promise. Oh, we got examples of slaves and. No, that's not an example. There's no example to follow. Okay, it's okay. Y'all make it a little difficult than it had to be. God promised that we are sons. God promised that we heirs, and He promised to send back the Holy Spirit. That's clear. And, and see, that's what I'm saying. These things are clear. This, these are not foggy things. So you have to hold on to what's clear. And that's part of the teaching today is 
when you got something plain, hold on to it. There's going to be some stuff that's foggy. But don't use the foggy stuff to define the plain stuff. As Alistair Begg would say, let the plain thing be the main thing. So in this passage, we got, the, we got these great promises. We're heirs, we're sons and daughters of God, and God sent back the Holy Spirit. Now, what's the warning? What's the warning? You are no longer slaves. Okay, and? Weak and worthless elemental things. What's the warning? I need it read in the sentence from the scripture. What verse? Uh, verse 9. Okay, what it say? Read it. Read it all. And now that you have found God, or should I say, now that God has found you, how can it be that you want to go back again and become slaves once more to another poor, weak, useless religion of trying to get to heaven by obeying good laws? So the warning is, the warning is what? You just gave it to us. The warning is what? Don't go back. Don't go back to the weak. Don't go back to the worthless. So in this passage, we got a promise and we got a warning. The promise is air, sun, spirit. The warning is don't go back to the weak and worthless because you are heir, daughter, son, and the Holy Spirit. So there's no reason for us to say to God, so you have to reason. So then if I go back, I'm not walking in my sonship, my daughtership, my heirship, and thus promise of the Holy Spirit. When I bring, so he's telling them, let's go back to them. He's telling them, this is who, this is how you are identified. And you're walking in less than your identity. How many times do we do that? We just like them. How many times that in our day-to-day -day life that we don't walk in the identity of who we are in God? Now, I ain't talking about floating around. I'm just talking about your day-to-day -day character. Do you show the fruit of the Spirit as a normative part of your daily life? Especially when you get down that word self-control and patience. <laughs> yeah. Self-control and patience. There are, there are times, and I know y'all have a hard time believing this, that your past is not perfect, but y'all got to understand this. There are times that I be very impatient in the simplest of things. And there's times when it could be something that I that I could necessarily not be patient over. And I got a reason. And, I can, and I'm patient as Job. Like standing in the line at the grocery store. I'm like. You know. But something going down. I just be like. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. They be like. What is going on with you? Yeah, I say. I, I just trust God. But I'm in the grocery line and the lady don't have enough money or she got to put stuff back. Ain't that the worst? She didn't got too much and now that she got to start retract, subtracting stuff. No, I'm going to put this back. And then she got a kid with her that's acting up and, the, and her boyfriend ain't helping and the bad boy ain't there. They forgot they pinned or they didn't used up the money on the EBT card. All this stuff will send me into an emotional frenzy. Like I just want to scream and tear my tear, tear out the hair I don't have. Okay, but 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 back to the scripture. It, 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 we have we are these people. So then, what we understand is in this passage is Paul is trying to get them to understand the value of being identified in Christ Jesus. 
Amen. And every, every day we need to be reminded through the word and through other people how valuable we are and what we have become in Christ that cost Christ his life. And that's what makes it valuable. Okay, that's what makes it valuable. Okay, go to, we're going to look at another passage. Go to uh, Galatians 4 and 17, just 4 and 17. Let's read that. They eagerly seek you, not commendably, but they wish to shut you out so that you will seek them. Well, so what we what we have there is that's not there's nothing to follow. There's no example to follow, but there is a warning. What's the warning? That there are going to be these Judaizers who seek to teach you something different, teach you something extra for the church. It comes in. I'm going to teach you some spiritual stuff. It's outside the scriptures. Don't don't. If anybody tell you that God is speaking outside of this book, they are Satan, because that ain't what God say. See, I don't care how good it sounds, because see that sounds good to my flesh. Because now I'm ready for you to tell me some extra, make me special. That's how you get fall. That's how you get trapped. See, the devil knows how to trap you with that pride of life. That pride of life is so subtle, because what the Judaizers do is saying. Yeah, Paul, he never, they never did say Paul was teaching wrong. What they would say is, well, Paul left out the most powerful stuff. And as human beings, if you told me I got the basic, but there was something extra that I need that you can teach me. Guess what? I'm not following Jesus no more. I'm following who? You. Because you're going to teach me the powers to make everything float around this room. You're going to teach me how to raise the dead. You're going to teach me how to walk up to people and then. And, and, and wave my fingers and get them healed. Rub some 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 camphor for Nick on them and 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 and, and that's dated me when I said that. A lot of people don't. Just, you know what camphor Nick is? No. I used to Walmart. Okay. So so yeah. Yeah, I'm surprised. Yeah. So put some oil on. You know, we do this physical stuff, and the most powerful thing Bible tells us we got is prayer. Now, nothing wrong with touch because touch makes us feel good. There's nothing wrong with touch. See, I, see I'm balanced now. I ain't, I ain't saying don't do it. I'm just saying don't put as much stock into it as you got in the Holy Spirit in you. Because truly, the oil ain't healing you. It's the Holy Spirit healing you. Because the, Holy, the oil is a made thing, right? It's a part of creation. Okay? And creation, God has created certain things, of medicinal things, herbs and stuff like that, olive oil. Olive oil is good for you completely. You can drink it. You can put it on your food. You can put it on your body. It's just good for you. But it's what God made. But don't elevate the oil above the Holy Spirit. Because the, the oil of the Holy Spirit can do way more than some olive oil. Amen. Because mm -hmm. I might can't get to, to Walmart and get me some olive oil. Then if I buy the olive oil from Walmart, it might not be real. Because right. they sell fake olive oil now. You know, two drops of olive oil, 10 drops, 100 drops of corn oil. And they call it olive oil. But all I'm saying is the Judaizers would always add something to the gospel. And so in the church, people want to add something to the book. Okay? And I'll prove to you that, that Jesus, go, go, this is something, this is what I plan. Go to Hebrews 6 and 1. See, the Holy, the Holy Spirit start guiding you through his words, start passages are coming to my mind. As some of the people say, he starts downloading. <laughs> and I get what people say, but it ain't, you know, it is. I, I, I'm not so strict that I'm, that's the language of the day. You know what I'm saying? Technical. He's downloading. 
You know, a lot of pastors get upset and, oh, man, that you're too stiff for me. Uh, Galatians 6, I mean, uh, Hebrews 6 and 1, what does it say? Therefore, leaving the elementary teaching about the Christ, let us press on to maturity, not laying again a foundation of repentance. Is that what you read? The NASB. Out of what? What, 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 what chapter verse? Hebrews 6, verse 1. Okay, keep reading. Again, not laying again a foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God, of instruction about washings and laying on of hands, and the resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment. And this we will do if God. Did I miss something? You sound like you did. I did. I did. I'm sorry. Start all over. Where you at? I'm going to start over. 6 1. Therefore, leaving the elementary teaching about the Christ, let us press on to maturity, not laying again a foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God, of instruction about washings and laying on of hands and the resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment. And this we will do if God permits. Okay, so now you see, we've got to move on from the elementary things. See, they were trying to take them back. Go to Hebrews 1 and 1. See, they was trying to take them back to go into the elementary things. Saints of God and walking truth, you've been delivered from all that. Now, if you go back, you ain't doomed. <laughs> so I don't want to paint that picture like, oh, if you go back, you, you, you're going to hell. No, it's just that you won't have the you won't have the promise perfected in your life as clear clearly as you could if you just left that alone. <laughs> just leave that alone. If somebody else wants to do it. Just look at them. They haven't matured to where you, but you're not better than them. Okay. Hebrews 1.1. 1, 1. God, after he spoke long ago to the fathers and the prophets in many portions and in many ways. That's long ago. That's Old Testament. After God did that. Go ahead. In these last days. These last days. Not say these last days. These last days. All right. <laughs> former days. Last days. Last former days. He spoke through Isaiah and them. All them, Joshua, all spoke, we got the record of it. In these last days, what? He has spoken to us in his son, whom he appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the world. And he is the radiance of his glory and the exact representation of his nature and upholds all things by the word of his power. Stop. What holds up everything? The word of his power. Where do we find the words of Jesus in the scriptures? So to be taught something that's outside of where he said, find him, because he said in this thing is his radiance, is his nature, his character. So we find everything we want to know about God, reading the historical account of the Old Testament and the narrative and the historical account of the New Testament. And that's what he wants us to know. He don't want you to know nothing extra because nothing extra ain't going to do no, you no good. You can spend a lifetime. You'll never know all of this. And if there's anybody out here tell you they know all the Bible back and forth, they lying to you. You need to run away from them. Because this is, this is God's word. How can a feeble man know all of God's word? To the point that every time I read it, I get something extra different revelation because there's more light to get than it was. Because I even Paul said, I see things uh, dimly because it's flesh. This is the pure word of God. And we actually bring I'm a, this is going to be a word that we learn leaven into it. Even our best day, we bring our leaven into the word of God. But it's still good for us. 
We want to try to get our leaven out and get it down to flatbread. Amen. So are there the promise? Is there a promise or example or, or warning in, in this verse? In this verse, there is an there's there is an example of what we should do and how we should think and where we should get our information from. So yes, it's not necessarily warning in this verse, not this particular verse. There's not a warning in this verse. That verse in Hebrews we just read, it tells us where we get our information, so that's the example we should follow to get our information. Okay? That's the example we should follow. We should get our information from Jesus because this is, this, is, this is how God wants it. He told us how he gave them an example of what to do in the past. He tells us how we get our words now. We have the full counsel of God. We have the Old Testament, the New Testament, and we're supposed to let it teach us about God. We don't need another person to come in and tell us something different. That's not in this word. That's what I'm saying. You measure when you say discernment. When I've been talking about discernment, walk about faith. You got to have a level of discernment. Faith ain't blind. Faith is discerning the times. If he wanted you to walk blindly, why would he want to be a lamp to your feet and a light to your path? No, you you discern and then you walk in the discernment that God gives you by faith. Okay. So, because ignorance is an equal opportunity endeavor. Educated. And uneducated and religious folk can be ignorant. And ignorance is based on fear. They'll tell you they trust God, but their ignorance proves that they don't. Because they fear. And most of the time, religious people fear. And what they were trying to do to the, to the Galatians were make them fear that they are missing out on something else. And then what it does is, we read, it shuts them out. Go back to six, uh, 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 the 4 and 16, 4 and 17. Read that again. Galatians 4, 17. They eagerly seek you, not commendably, but they wish to shut you out so that you will seek them. See, the point I create these other things, Sister Karen, Minister K, is so that actually I push you out and you look for me to bring you back in. Mm -hmm. Think about it, Kay, when you used to sit back there and you were told all this stuff you had to do. You felt, you, even though you was in the building, you felt excluded, didn't you? Yeah. Okay? And that's normally what religious people do. And then you looking at them, I'm going to go, I'm going by something. You looking at them to show you, but for some reason, every time they show you one thing, they require you to do something else. You think you got one thing done, okay, you told me to stand here, look straight, don't talk. And now, now I'm doing it. Then you walk up to me and say, why aren't you talking? Well, you just told me to stand here and be quiet. Well, you just said that the Holy Spirit movie. But you ain't tell me that. <laughs> so now you thinking, well, before I do anything, I got to ask you. Moved you whole away from God. But it sounds spiritual, but it's really of the flesh. So what he's saying is the Galatians were being taught so they can marvel at them. Oh, look at the Jew. Look at them. They got it going on. Yeah, Paul told us that, but look at them. They look good. They wearing the crosses. They wearing the stuff. They got the uniform on. We want to be like them because that's got to be God because they look like what we perceive to be godly. They look on the outside, not the inside. And Paul is trying to tell them, you got everything you need. You sons and daughters of God, you don't need that. That's why I keep trying to tell you guys, you don't need that. You sons and daughters of God, you ain't got to worry about what they say because they ain't saying nothing. All right, go ahead. Oh, uh, I'm sorry. Let's go to the next verse. Then we're gonna then we're gonna get into five. Okay, uh, verse thirty. Four thirty and thirty one, and then just go straight over into five and go read one through nine. Okay. 
But what does the scripture say? Cast out the bondwoman and her son, for the son of the bondwoman shall not be an heir with the son of the free woman. So then, brethren, we are not children of a bondwoman, but of the free woman. So we're, we're children of the free woman. That's a promise. That's a promise. You're children of the free woman. And the free woman is the children of faith, children of the promise. Who, who, are, who are the children of promise? Those who are children of who? Faith. Faith, but Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. Not by blood, but by promise. God promised Abraham that he would have a seed. And the seed is actually Jesus to come, but the promise was given to Isaac. His mother was bare. Hagar was part of the law. The law that says my slave could have my children as a man, they still be mine. But a slave that's even born out of a free man back in those days, the law was he Hagar, uh, uh, who was Hagar's son? Ishmael. Ishmael. Ishmael still was a slave. So God's not going to bring the promise through the slave. He's going to bring the promise through the free. You follow what I'm saying? The promise was that uh, what was that Sarah would have a son? Yeah, that promise came to her, but she jumped the gun saying, "Going, well, since I'm old, no, that ain't gonna happen." I didn't gave up. Let the, let my slave have it. But the only problem was the slave born is still a slave. God deals in freedom. Okay, go ahead. Five one through nine. It was for freedom that Christ set us free. Therefore, keep standing firm and do not be subject again to a yoke of slavery. Behold, I, Paul, say to you that if you receive circumcision, Christ will be of no benefit to you. And I testify again to every man who receives circumcision that he is under obligation to keep the whole law. You have been severed from Christ. You who are seeking to be justified by law, you have fallen from grace. For we, through the Spirit, by faith, are waiting for the hope of righteousness. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision means anything, but faith working through love. You are running well. Who hindered you from obeying the truth? This persuasion did not come from him who calls you. A little leaven leavens the whole lump of dough. A little leaven leavens the whole lump of dough. Okay. When, when next week we'll talk about the P.E.W. in this, but I want to talk about leaven first. We need to understand that that's an Old Testament thing. A little leaven. Uh, Carolyn bakes. Some of y'all bake. Carolyn, what is what is what what does leaven do in dough? It rises. It makes the dough rise. Do you need a little bit? Do you need a lot of leaven to make it rise, or a little bit, just a pinch? Just why? What if I put in a whole teaspoon of leaven? Then what happened? <laughs> it probably it's, it's, it'd be all over everything. It'd be all over. It expands. So think about leaven. Yeah. So leaven expands the dough. Okay. So leaven is a foreign element that's added to dough to help it expand. Good thing for you eating it. If that's you want leaven, leaven bread, okay. But leaven is described in the Bible as something that expands evil, and you all you need 
is a little bit of it and it messes up the whole thing. It expands evil into the good door of God. Okay? But all you need is a little bit. It's kind of funny to me and interesting to me. A little leaven, a little bit of evil taints the whole thing. That's why we need that's the thing about that's why we need grace. You need grace because all it takes is a drop of a Karen in a service, and that's it. But thank God for grace. That he takes that evil, he died for that evil, and he throws grace on top of it, and we continue on. And it's so smooth, you don't even know it. Trust me, somebody here Sunday has some leaven, if not all of y'all. But God graciously, because he loved you, died for that, repented for that, took the, took the, took the, took the punishment for that, so that you would continue on in this grace. Now, in this passage, he said it falling away from grace. Don't think of it falling away out of salvation. What you're doing is hampering the spirit of God that's working in you by trying to practice a religion that's dead. You're going back to dead works as related in, in, in Hebrews 6.1. Why go back to what is weak and worthless and dead where you can walk in the spirit of the goodness of God and what he's doing in the moment? You don't have to walk out like that. You don't have to walk with leaven. Okay? So we're going to, today's discussion is about leaven. Leaven said we don't need anymore. Say we don't need anymore. Amen. We don't need any more leaven. Okay, let's look at what leaven, how God looked at leaven back in the Old Testament. Go to Exodus. Exodus chapter 12. Now, I would tell you to read all of chapter 12 to get a full understanding of what God was talking about because he's talking about the feast. But free to read it real good. Let's start at 12.1. Let's start 12.1. And keep reading it all the way down to, I think, I think it's uh, 16, 17. 17, let me see, yeah. Read all the way down to 17. Hebrews 17? Stop it. Stop it. Read 17. 12, 1, Exodus 12, 1 through 17. I'd like to give y'all the whole picture. 12, 1? Yes, 12, 1 through 17. This is going to, the end of it's going to be about 11, but I want you to see the context. See, we go back. see when you get the context, you understand why, what God is doing, okay? 12, 1. What is it? Y'all got a header at the top of your thing? Yeah. What did it say? The first Passover. The fir Ooh, the first Passover. We've been talking about that. Let's see what the real Passover entails. Go ahead. Now the Lord said to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, this month shall be the beginning of months for you. It is to be the first month, the first month of the year to you. Speak to all the congregation of Israel saying, on the 10th of this month, they are each one to take a lamb for themselves according to their father's house households, a lamb for each household. Now, if the household is too small for a lamb, then he and his neighbor nearest to him, nearest to his house, are to take one according to the number of persons in them, according to what each man should eat. You are to divide the lamb. Your lamb shall be an unblemished male, a year old, you may take it from the sheep or from the goats. You shall keep it until the 14th day of the same month. Then the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel is to kill it at twilight. Moreover, they shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and on the lintel of the houses in which they eat it. They shall eat the flesh that same night, roasted with fire, 
and they shall eat it with unleavened bread and bitter herbs. Unleavened bread is finally introduced with bitter herbs. Now that's supposed to be Passover. See all this stuff they do, people doing? Does it sound like Passover to you? No. Okay, go ahead. Do not eat any of it raw or boiled at all with water, but rather roasted with fire. So have a barbecue. Go ahead. Both its head and its legs along with its entrails. And you shall not leave any of it over until morning, but whatever is left of it until morning, you shall burn with fire. So in other words, if you've got leftovers, you need to burn it with fire, but you eat everything. Brains, everything. Okay. All right. And now you shall eat it in this manner, with your loins girded, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand, and you shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. So it said you should eat it quickly and be ready to move. Okay, now go ahead. For I will go through the land of Egypt on that night and will strike down all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast. And against all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgments. I am the Lord. The blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you live. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And no plague will befall you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. So this is a this is to protect the, the Israelites while they were enslaved. God gave them a ritual to do. And, this, and he said he see the blood, but you got to see you got to do all the other stuff. So he ain't just go out there and put no blood on no doorposts. You got to do everything he said, plus do that, and then he will pass over. And whoever's in the house, whether it's Egyptian or Israelite, he'll pass over the house. Now, Jesus is our permanent lamb. This was a shadow. Jesus is our now our Passover lamb. His blood is the blood that, that covers us. And then yet still, we want to take some red paint and put on our doorpost as if that's going to protect us from the virus. Don't cheapen his blood like that. Don't cheapen the ceremony like that. You don't have to do the ceremony. You got Jesus. So if you got Jesus, you covered anyway. You ain't got to see. He ain't got to see no red. He already saw the red. Mm -hmm. See, see how silly we get. Okay, you take someone and conflate it into 2021 and it doesn't make sense because you're not going to follow all of it. That's why I said if you do, if you do any of this lost stuff, you got to do all of it. You can't pick and choose what to do. Okay, let's go ahead. We're going to read about unleavened bread. Go ahead. Now this day will be a memorial to you and you shall celebrate it as a feast to the Lord. <coughs> Throughout your generations, you are to celebrate it as a permanent ordinance. That's for the Israelites. Go ahead. Seven days you shall eat unleavened bread, but on the first day you shall remove leaven from your houses. Okay, so removing leaven from your house, that means anything that's dirty. That means you'd have to wash all your dishes, sweep and mop all your floors, and make sure every little piece of dust that had to be removed from your house. Okay. All right. That's the leaven in your house. Go ahead. For whoever eats anything leavened from the first day until the seventh day, that person shall be cut off from Israel. So if you ate a piece of bread that had leaven in it or you ate some food that wasn't prescribed, then you will be cut off from the nation of Israel. Why would we want to follow that? OK, we got leaven all in our house. Not only in our food. 
But it's not what goes in a man that defiles him. It's what comes out of his heart. See, Jesus taught a whole different level of understanding. Go ahead. On the first day, you shall have a holy assembly and another holy assembly on the seventh day. No work at all shall be done on them except what must be eaten by every person that alone that alone may be prepared by you. Okay, so you see the Feast of Unleavened Bread. You got to have the unleavened bread on the first day. You can eat all doing and you got to have it on the seventh day and you can have all these these assemblies. There's a whole bunch of stuff you have to do. OK, Jesus did it all for us. He is our unleavened bread. He is our feast. He is our first fruits. He's all of that. OK, you don't have to do that. OK, go to Mark. Let's see about this leaven. This leaven is evil. So you so he said, get out the evil out your house. Okay, go to Mark, uh, change up. Let's go to Matthew first. Matthew 16, 3. Four, 16, 3 through 5. Matthew 16, 3. And in the morning, there will be a storm today, for the sky is red and threatening. Do you know how to discern the appearance of the sky, but cannot discern the signs of the times? So do you know how to look at natural things and determine things and be smart about it? But you can't be smart about spiritual things because you're not trying to discern them. You need to be able to discern spiritual things. And the only way you can discern spiritual things is through the word of God. Spiritual interprets spiritual. OK, natural interprets natural. All right. Go ahead. An evil and adulterous generation seeks after a sign. And the sign will not be given it except the sign of Jonah. And he left them and went away. So then why are we practicing signs, wonders and miracles when he just said an evil generation? What seeks that an evil generation seeks after a sign? You don't need sign. You need word. You don't need a wonder. You need word. The reason why you want to walk in science, because you want God to show you something. And God say at this time, I'm talking to you. <laughs> Through my word, you need to focus on my word. Don't worry about the sky falling on the left corner of the house on the right side of the day. Don't worry about all that. Don't worry about that. All that. You need to worry about my word. My word is what I'm powerful. My word is sharper than two-edged sword. My word, my word. This is what we study the word for, okay? Evil generation seeks for signs. He said, ain't gonna be no more. Any all he just said, there's not gonna be any more signs but the sign of what? Jonah, right? And we'll study what that sign is later. Go ahead. And the disciples came to the other side of the sea, but they had forgotten to bring any bread. And Jesus said to them, watch out and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees. Okay. So he told them to watch out for the leaven of the who? Pharisees, which are the ones who know the Bible, and the Sadducees, which were religious rulers. Okay. So watch out for their leaven. What's the leaven? The Judaizer leaven. Watch out. They know it. But the spirit that the, of to, to understand it is not there. They use it to control and not to set free. The Bible is meant to set you free, not to put you under some kind of bondage to another man. Okay? That's using the word illegally. So that's why so many of us don't like Jesus because what we see is the atrocity of the word being used against us in time to enslave us. But see, the problem is not the word. It's their interpretation, the way they used it. You follow what I'm saying? 
you can use good stuff in evil ways. And the word is, a most, is a, one of the most powerful things you can use in an evil way. The devil used the word of God trying to trick Jesus, didn't he? Because he showed trick Adam and Eve, didn't he? Okay? Just a little twist. So beware of the 11 other Pharisees and, and Sadducees, okay? Read the next verse. They began to discuss this among themselves, saying, he said that because we did not bring any bread. Now, isn't that crazy? They worried about bread still. He just laid on something them very heavy. And see, this is what I mean. This is what makes me happy with, with where I'm at in, in Christ with teaching. You got Jesus with you and you still didn't understand what he was talking about. You worried about bread. What's going in your belly? He just told you to beware of something. A clear warning. You didn't trip off the warning. You trip off the fact you wanted you, that, 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 that there, there, was, there was something need to be eaten. You thinking, well, they should be discussing what he said. No. All they discussed was, look, we've got no bread. <laughs> well, Jesus told us to be, but they ain't got no bread. We ain't got no bread. The most important thing Jesus talked about was what he just said about the Pharisees. You worried about the bread. He's already proven that bread ain't no problem for him. He proved it in the wilderness and he proved it when he fed, did the 5,000. So why are you worried about the lesser thing and not the greater thing? Because what happens when 11, because we're 11 individuals, we see what we want to see. We hear what we want to hear. Everyone does what is right in their own eyes and judges. Okay, go to Mark. Mark 8, 13, 14, 13, 13 through 15. Read that. Mark 8, 13. Uh -huh. Mark 8, 13 through 15. More about 11. Go ahead. Leaving them, he again embarked and went away to the other side. <coughs> and they had forgotten to take bread. Here we go. Same, same scenario. Go ahead. <laughs> and did not have more than one loaf in the boat with them. And he was giving orders to them, saying, Watch out, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. They began to discuss with one another the fact that they had no bread. There we go. Stop. You see what he just warned them again. This is Mark's account of the same event in Matthew. He'd already did the 5,000 things, Minister K. So they've already had an experience with Jesus in doing this miracle. Sign of wonder. And they're still worried about where they're going to get something to eat from. Once Jesus fed you, you should have understood that, that that's the kind of God he is. But he's trying to warn you. Don't get caught up in what's about to come. Because now he included not only the Pharisees, but he included what? Herod. The king. Okay, because Herod was crazy. All right. So we have to beware of the leaven. And the only way we can bear the leaven is understand the word of God. So as we continue to understand, unpack Galatians 5, 1 through 9, we're going to start from the leaven and work our way back up. All right. Let's pray. Oh, great Heavenly Father, I thank you today. I thank you for your word. I thank you for your people. Continue to bless us, keep us and watch over us as we go forward in faith. Thank you for the broadcast and all those who are listening. We always want to remind you to be encouraged, blessed, and be at peace. And always remember, walk in the truth of the Lord. Thank you and have a blessed day. Amen. Amen.